I realized, Allie, Lauren, you are strong enough to walk through that hard season. And if you are strong enough to walk through it, you are strong enough to write about it. And I know that I'm strong and you are too. I mean, if you're listening and finding these lies too, you are capable of being real too. And so today I just want to challenge you, you know, look your excuse in the eye and call it out as the lie it is. I mean, what is stopping you? Is it really worth waiting? Welcome to the Find Your Voice podcast, a show where we believe in the power of the written word to create positive change in your personal life, your community, and the world. I'm your host, Allison Fallon. Whether you're an aspiring author or someone who swears they're not a real writer, we're here to show you how a regular practice of writing will help you access your intuition, make an impact, and find your voice. Join me for interviews with authors, writing prompts, and stories of how even simple words change lives. In today's episode of the Find Your Voice podcast, I talk with Lauren Kinney, who is a previous client of ours at Find Your Voice and also one of our youngest and most dedicated authors. Lauren came to us a little over a year ago while she was between her freshman and sophomore year of college with a book idea that she couldn't fully wrap her head around yet, but a passion in her heart to finish it. Maybe you can relate with Lauren. Today, less than 18 months later, she has a finished book, a beautiful book called Unshakable, Overcoming Fear to Discover a Life of Freedom that is not only endorsed by one of her favorite authors, but was released into the world with a launch team and the whole bit and has been celebrated with confetti and cookies and all of Lauren's favorite things. In this episode, Lauren and I talk about the process we walked through together to get her book outlined in one single day. That's right. One day we went from book idea that she couldn't fully wrap her head around to a book outline. We talk about how this process helped her write and finish the book in a matter of months, and she talks about how the process completely reshaped the writing experience for her. Before we launch into hearing from Lauren, I want to say that the process she's describing on today's episode has changed a little bit since we recorded for some obvious reasons that people are more hesitant to hop on planes and gather together right now, but we're still offering this one-on-one support to authors, and now we're doing it virtually. This is huge. In one day, you can do what Lauren did. You can create a clear plan for writing your book that will help you finish that book in a fraction of the time it would have taken. And you can do all of this from the comfort of your home office or living room. If you're interested in hearing more about our VIP Prepare to Publish plan, head to findyourvoice.com slash publish and click write a book. And now for today's episode. Okay. Hey, Lauren Kinney, how's it going? I'm great. How are you, Allie? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for taking time to do this with me today. Absolutely. I'm so thrilled to be on. Fun. Okay. Well, I want to start with the question that we always ask at the beginning of these interviews, and that is, what does it mean to you to find your voice? I love this question, Allie. In fact, when I really think about this question, I tend to think back to when I first started writing because it was really through writing I started finding my voice. And I started journaling when I was in elementary school. I think I was around in the third or fourth grade. And writing's always been a release for me. Growing up, when things were happening around me that I didn't really understand or didn't know how to process, I would pull out my journal and write about them. And this wasn't just something I did in elementary school, though. I wrote all the time through junior high, high school, and now college. 
In fact, one of my favorite ways to spend an afternoon is honestly going back through and looking at my journals from elementary and high school and just reading through, you know, what was going on in my life at that time and what was important (laughs) to me. Because the things I valued then are not the things I value now, which is awesome. Yeah, which is so cool because you can see the evolution of yourself over time, right? It's almost like a time capsule. Yeah. And honestly, Allie, I didn't just write about my summer camp crushes, although there were definitely a lot of those. Um, No shame. But I wrote about a lot of really hard things. Like when I told myself I wasn't worth living in junior high and locked myself in darkness. When I saw porn for the first time, when someone said a really hurtful thing towards me, and when my brother almost died in a car accident. So, I mean, these were big things that I was trying to process in elementary and junior high and high school. And even today, I cope and process what is happening in the world around me by writing. In fact, a few weeks ago, there was actually an armed robbery at a house on my block. And I was so scared. I just didn't know what to do and didn't know what to say to anybody. So I went back to my room and I just pulled out my computer and started writing. And you know, there's even several journal entries, even for my time here at Baylor and my book that were just crucial to getting me through my freshman year alive. And so what was really fun and just thinking about some of the questions for this podcast, I had my mom actually go back through and pull out some of my journals at my house in um, the Dallas area. And this specific journal she pulled out is it's one that's really hard to go back and read. In fact, the first few entries were written at just some of the lowest points of my life. But one of the coolest things about this journal is that I have a rule. So every time I want to pull that journal out, Allie, I have to write an entry about where I am today. And I'll be honest, the first five pages are awful. I mean, they make me ugly cry. My mom sent me (laughs) them yesterday and I literally started crying at the coffee shop. But Allie, when you flip the page, I mean, the story is rewritten and God's just been so faithful, but the narrative is completely changed. I mean, who I am now is completely different than who I was then. And, And I look back today and I think I might honestly be a little bit embarrassed of that girl. I honestly was just trying to figure out who... I was. I was just desperate to know who I was. But man, Allie, I mean, I, I'm just so proud of her. And I just realized that mm. again yesterday as I was going back through those journals. And I'm proud of the woman she is now. I'm really proud of the way that she chose courage in every circumstance. And that just looked like writing her thoughts down. And so really, I mean, when you ask that question, that's what finding my voice means to me. Writing has really allowed me to be bold and courageous and write about things I would never tell anyone. But because I started so young, it's just formed such a lifelong skill and I'm so grateful for it. That's amazing. This is actually the perfect segue into talking about your book that we helped you with, A Find Your Voice. And one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you, and I told you this before we started recording today, but you're the youngest client we've ever worked with at Find Your Voice. How old are you now? I'm 20. 20 years old. Big deal. You were 19 when you came to me. And I was so impressed by you from the very beginning. I think you connected to me through Bob Goff. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Okay. So he made the connection and you came to me and you were so self-assured and so confident and strong. And you were like, I have a book that I want to write and I know I want to do this. And I think if I remember correctly, you even came with your own money and making this investment into yourself. And you were just like, I'm ready. I don't want to wait any longer. And I was so impressed by that because uh, for for many reasons, but one of them was 
that I work with so many people who find excuses to avoid working on the project they want to work on. One of the excuses would be, it's too late. It's too early. I'm too young. I'm too old. I'm too this. I'm too that. I'm a mom. I've got all these other priorities right now. And I loved how you just were clear about what you wanted to do and you were willing to make the sacrifices in order to make it happen. And I also think that the product you created is a really great snapshot of who you are as a person. So tell us about the title of the book, first of all, because I love the title. And then I want to launch into talking a little bit about your process. Yeah, absolutely. So the title is called Unshakable. Yeah. So the whole premise of the book is just my journey of living in fear to discovering freedom. But I love that title, Unshakable. It's really special to me. It's so good. It's such a great, you know, like I said, a snapshot of who you are as a person and also what you're trying to portray to the reader. So Unshakable, Overcoming Fear to Discover a Life of Freedom. Yes. Why don't you start by telling me what the process was like for you? So- Starting with showing up at my doorstep. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, I I will say, Allie, that was, I mean, you know, the writing really started two years ago. Well, honestly, Mm. I'd say the writing probably started in elementary school when I just just started journaling. And so the book didn't start the moment I walked through your door, but really started then. But I want to say first, that kale guacamole we had at your house uh, made the process <laughs> a lot more fun. <laughs> I wish I could say that I made that kale guacamole. I did not. I'm not that domestic, but we ordered it from True Food and I think it, it was delicious. Yeah, it was True Food. It was so good. But for real though, the process was amazing. I think literally watching my ideas become words and then those words becoming chapters and chapter titles was incredible. I, I just felt so empowered afterwards. My mom and my sister actually flew out with me because, you know, we'll take I any excuse that. for a girl's trip to LA, right? Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't? It was awesome. And after debriefing with dinner and just telling them about, you know, the experience working together, we went back to the hotel that night and laid out all the index cards on the hotel lobby. And, Amazing. you know, people kept coming up and staring. And honestly, Allie, I was just at a point where I didn't care. I was just so excited to finally have progress. And really, before we started working together, I felt so stuck. I had, you know, so many words in my head and on my computer, but I really had no idea how to organize them into chapters, much less a book. And I'll say this, I think a lot of times when I go to a conference or a gathering of some sort, I leave kind of on this high and thinking, you know, I have a plan and I'm going to come home and change this, this, and this. But What really happens is that I get home and I'm left with these feelings of motivation to do something, but I have no idea what. And then I end up feeling stuck all over again. So, you know, working together to get the outline of the book done just left me feeling so free. And I remember just being on the plane that night and just feeling so overwhelmed with the sense of freedom that I knew exactly how to organize. I knew the next steps and I had a plan. It it was just so Mm -hmm. special. I'm really thankful for it. That's so cool. A couple things I want to point out to people who are listening. Number one is that image of you laying out the note cards in the hotel lobby is so powerful. You hadn't told me that before, but I love that story because one thing I notice is there's a parallel. We And for people who are listening who don't know, we use a process with note cards where you it's like putting together a, a giant jigsaw puzzle on the floor and that's how your your book outline comes together and it takes up a ton of floor space and i always tell authors when they leave i'm like if the best thing you can do is to go home and put this up somewhere where you're going to see it so 
tape it to the wall or put it on the floor or put it in your office or, but don't, don't keep the cards stacked and in a drawer because there's something symbolic about like letting it take up space in your space and walking by it and looking at it and letting it kind of percolate over time. And there's definite resistance to, even for me, I mean, I've done this process a hundred times, but to putting, to finding space in my home or in my office to put up a few hundred note cards is not an easy task. And I do see a parallel, though, between authors who are willing to make space in their physical space for the cards and authors who actually execute on getting the book written. So I absolutely love that story of you just being like, you know what? I don't care anymore. You can think what you want to think about me, and I'm going to lay these cards out in the hotel lobby. That's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I love that you mentioned that, Allie, because I went home and I put them up in my apartment in Waco. And it's it's been over amazing. a year since we worked together, and they're still there. And, you know, honestly, Ali, the book looks a lot different. You know, I've reorganized sure. things, but it is, it is powerful even after a year to walk into my room and think that is a dream that is about to be published in the summer. I mean, amazing. It's amazing. It's so, it's and, so and, amazing. And what a great talking a, point. So, you know, people come into my room and like, <laughs> who is that? You know, what I are know. these cards? It's so cool. You're like, I'm working on a book. No big thing. <laughs> yeah, no big deal. <laughs> It's a testament to you too. The other thing I wanted to add is that what the process really does for people is exactly what you mentioned, which is it takes a complicated, confusing, chaotic process and it it gives it a bit of a system so that when you sit down to write, you're not wondering, what am I even writing right now? Is this part of the book or is this something totally different? But you you actually know I'm working on chapter three. This is what the takeaway for the reader is. This is These are the stories I'm telling and this is what I'm trying to say. And so you've got some focus and direction. And it streamlines the writing process in a big way for people. But I will say that the process doesn't do anyone any good if you come and you do the process and then you leave and you don't execute or you don't put the cards up in your house. So it's a testament to you that you, and I think this it goes back to what I said about you before, that you came investing your own time, investing your own money, investing your own resources, and you were really committed to this process from the very beginning. You were like, I'm going to make this happen. And you did it here we are and we're a year after you and I met or close to it and you have a, an almost finished product for this book that's ready to be launched into the world. Yes, exactly. What prompted you to write? Like, how did you get to the place where you were like, I need to call someone and get some help? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, because writing has always come naturally to me, Allie, you know, especially since I started writing in elementary school, I think it just made sense to write with the intention of a book. I really, I've always had a dream just to write a book and get something out there. And I decided this about three to four years ago, but I really had no idea the season I was about to go through. And that, you know, what I thought, once thought my book was going to be about is not what it's about at all now. But it ended up being about that season that I walked through, you know, my freshman year of college. And I I really have wondered why I didn't keep a journal while writing Unshakable, but it hit me about a year ago that it is my journal. In fact, I feel like, Hmm. you know, the hope is that I'm as real on those pages as I would be in person. Really, the hope is that I, you would feel like we're sitting across the table having a cup of coffee. You know, Allie, I don't drink coffee, so I would be drinking <laughs> water with lemon, but you can, you can have the coffee. the coffee. Exactly. But I wrote Unshakable for a few reasons. And first, just the first year of college wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And really, okay, I'll say that, but at least until I figured out crying in the produce aisle at Target wasn't going to change my circumstances. <laughs> but for real, I mean, my college experience 
didn't go at all like I expected. And instead of, you know, lifelong friends and social stuff every weekend and a new BFF roommate, I found myself feeling really lonely and isolated and fearful and facing a lot of anxiety. And But, okay, here's the problem, Allie. So I know that you want to be fearless. Okay, everybody wants to hear fearless, fearless. But in order to do that, you need the freedom to be who you are. But what I've discovered is the problem is it feels like everyone has it figured out and you don't. And this is exactly the way I felt. So you feel invisible. But I wrote this book because I believe people were made for more. And I've walked in those insecurities. I mean, that was that was my life. That was a hard season. But I really believe it's time for people to stop living in fear and anxiety and live a confident life. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote Unshakable. I mean, it came together with the belief that I wanted high school, college students, and young adults to discover the same freedom and joy I found in just losing control, showing up even when it's really hard, being vulnerable, and overcoming the constant pressure to be perfect. So really, Ali, I mean, to me, it's more than a book. I mean, this is about making people's lives better. And, you know, I want to say this too. One of the best pieces of advice you gave me, Ali, was to write to one person. Mm. And I think we kind of confuse this sometimes. I mean, we think, at least in my mind, I think, okay, one person, like an audience, right? You know, I'm going to write my book to, you know, females or female college students from the ages of 15 to 25. Sure. Or I guess, you know, college students, high school students, whatever. But no, I mean, I think we get this wrong all the time. Writing to one person means writing to one real, you know, living, breathing person. So my book, Unshakable, is written to one of my college roommates. And we had a lot of disagreements and challenges, but ultimately she taught me what it looked like to have courage and strength and what was a really tough year for both of us. And so I picked her because I felt really misunderstood and I wanted to write in a way that even she could see where I was coming from and feel less alone. So that's kind of, you know, what gave me the confidence to start this project. I love that answer. I especially love thinking about, I remember having that conversation about potentially writing to your roommate and y'all had had such a complicated relationship that you looked at me a little bit like, really? <laughs> That's who you think I should write to? Oh, I remember the look on my face, Sally. <laughs> but here's what I love yes. about it is the act of writing is a, a bid for connection. It's, you know, w- the books that really move us and that stay with us over time are the books where we feel connected to the author in a very human way. And I think it's incredibly motivating. One of the reasons why I tell authors to pick one person to write to is because it's hard to feel connected to a group of a thousand people. Like if you were standing on a stage in front of a thousand people, assuming you're not accustomed to doing that, how likely would you be or how comfortable would you feel sharing your deepest vulnerabilities? But if you're sitting across from your best friend at a table at dinner, how likely would you be and how comfortable would you feel sharing your deepest vulnerabilities and feeling that, the feeling, the feeling of like, you get me. So that's why I loved the idea of you writing this book to your roommate, because y'all had had so many misunderstandings over the course of the year. And I really believed that as you explained to her where you were coming from, that it would not only be motivating for you to get the words down, but that there would also be 
this feeling of connection between you and this other person that even even another reader that you weren't writing to would pick up on. So I love that you did that. But tell me how the writing, you talked about this a little bit, but how did the writing process change you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, honestly, Ali, this kind of goes back to the question we just talked about was I wrote this book out of um, just a desire for my roommate to kind of understand me. And so I'd love to share just one of my favorite stories of how writing just has changed me and who I am. And this is the story I think of. So two summers ago, I was getting really bored. In fact, all my friends were doing really cool things like working at summer camp or traveling abroad. And get this, okay, everyone's dream summer. I was doing business calculus macroeconomics and microeconomics. So that sounds like my worst nightmare come true. (laughs) (laughs) It was awful. But I started asking God, okay, hey, I'm really bored. Would you just give me a way to love people really big? And he answered really quickly, Allie. He just said, Lauren, I want you to write all your contacts in your phone. And let me get this straight for everybody listening. Not type, like write a handwritten letter to all my contacts. So, I mean, you can imagine my face. I was like, ha what? So the amount of contacts, contacts I had at the time was about 500, and I'm an Enneagram 3. So I am like so ready to hit the school. I mean, I have three months. I'm going to write 100, 500 cards. <laughs> and so totally Enneagram 3 of me, I order 500 super cute note cards, and I make this Excel spreadsheet with all my contact names. And I go to Starbucks and I'm sitting there and I'm so ready to write. So I pull out my pen and I start writing away. And I look at my watch and it's been three hours and I have written a whopping eight cards over the course (laughs) of three hours, Allie. I was like, Lauren, are you kidding me? But okay, this is the cool part. So letters I assumed that would be so surface level. Okay. Let me get this straight. Some of these people I had not talked to in over seven years. Okay. Some of these people had hurt me. Some of these people, I I mean, literally had no idea to talk to ever. And so this was a really uncomfortable and hard thing, but letters I assumed would be really surface level actually had me searching for more space to write after I had filled the entire front and back. And I just began pouring my heart out to people I had talked to maybe twice in my life. And, you know, suddenly, Allie, it became way less about making the deadline than taking the time to just speak words of truth over people. Hmm. And if it took me five years, I was still in. And, you know, I'll be honest with you, I still haven't finished. And, I mean, honestly, I don't care because, to me, truthfulness and vulnerability run a much longer race an impactful race than rushed words. And I think that's how writing has changed me. You know, I'm no longer looking for rushed conversations with people. I'm looking for meaning and truth and vulnerability. And had I not walked through such a hard season, um, you know, through high school and my freshman year of college and not then decided, okay, you know, I had the courage to walk through that season. I'm going to have the courage to write about. And now I'm, you know, writing to not random people, but just people I haven't talked to in years. And I'm just trying to speak truth and just being really real. And, you know, that courage, absolutely. I mean, I totally credit that courage from just the process of writing and then having just the courage to write really hard things in my book. 
I love that. Writing letters is an incredible place to start if people are wanting to start a practice of writing or thinking about writing a book. Really, I think of a book, I tell people this all the time, I think of a book just like a really long love letter <laughs> to someone, you know, I mean, because you, you're you telling yeah, one person a story and you have to really like that person or love that person a lot or care about them in a deep way to want to get the message across to them in a way that's going to resonate and make sense and create a, a transfer, hopefully a transformation in their lives and also create a connection between the two of you. So I think letter writing is a really excellent way to, to launch you into that kind of project. Sure. So I know you started writing your book at 19 years old, or maybe even earlier than that, you had started the writing process. So many people that we meet feel like they're too old or they're too young or they're too this or they're too that, or life is too busy or whatever it is. And and so many of these excuses, you know, feel quite legitimate at the time that they're making them. But what would you say to someone who is worried, especially about their age, but is making excuses when they know they want to work on a project? Okay, Allie, I have to say, I love this question um, because I have believed a lot of lies about myself since I started writing, especially started writing, you know, Unshakable. And one of the most important things I've learned during this process is that I need to believe truth about myself if I'm going to write as truthfully and raw and real as I can, which is always my goal in writing. Okay, so let me give you a few examples. You know, some of the lies I'm battling this week. Okay, this wasn't like last year. This <laughs> is this week. I feel like I'm a failure. I feel like I'm a fraud. No one cares about my story. No one will read my story. I'm not worthy of being heard or known or loved or trusted. I'm just a fill in the blank. Okay, so for me, it's I'm just a college student. Mm. I'm just not old enough. I'm just not experienced enough. I mean, Allie, I've never done this before. It's just been a learning process. So, you know, if you're listening right now and you, you know, feel the same way, you know, what's your fill in the blank? What's your I'm just uh, fill in the blank? What is your excuse? Um, you know, as an Enneagram 3, I love the Enneagram, so I'll reference yeah. it a little bit. But, you know, my value, I, I wrestle with my identity. Sometimes I feel like my value comes from what I do instead of who I am. And so, therefore, you know, knowing the truth about myself and speaking it over myself while I write, I mean, this is this is crazy. It changes the narrative. Mm. And so instead of believing lies, you know, I choose to say, okay, Lauren, yes, you are a college student, but you have a voice that needs to be heard. And my story, you know, the real story, if you read it this summer, you know, if you're kind enough to grab a copy of Unshakable, is just a story of freedom. And Allie, if I don't tell it, how many other high school, college students, and young adults, or really anybody, are going to still live in fear? You know, if even I just get to help one person trade fear for freedom, this entire process of just fighting these lies, I mean, it is a constant battle. It is so worth it. And Ali, I talk a lot about a lot of hard things in the book. You know, I cried a lot while writing them. I mean, this is like ugly crying too. And I, I didn't want to include a lot of them. You know, I'll give you an example. I had no plan to tell the world how mortifying it was to wet the bed in junior high <laughs> or admit I have a love affair with approval and value and success. And these were hard things. I didn't I did not want to tell people that. But I did because I realized, Allie, Lauren, you are strong enough to walk through that hard season. And if you are strong enough to walk through it, you are strong enough to write about it. Mm. 
And I know that I'm strong and you are too. I mean, if you're listening and finding these lies too, you are capable of being real too. And so today I just want to challenge you, you know, look your excuse in the eye and call it out as the lie it is. I mean, what is stopping you? Is it really worth waiting? You know, Allie, I think so many people are waiting for the perfect time. And the truth is there will never be a perfect (laughs) time to write. And if there's really ever going to be a perfect time, it's right now. So that's really what I would say, you know, to someone, just start now, start today. And like I said earlier, my book didn't start when we began putting the chapters together at your house. It started in elementary school when I just started writing. And, you know, as a sixth grader, I wasn't writing a thousand words every time. I wasn't getting to drive to the cute coffee shop and, you know, grab my water and write. You know, I was just writing about the cute camp counselor and other school drama, but I was just writing. So man, I mean, today just start. Everybody started somewhere, you know, write about your dog, write about your house. Are you at the airport? What are you learning? Where you are right now and then what it reminds you of. And one of the things I've loved seeing Allie is that, you know, if you're on Find Your Voices email list or if you follow Find Your Voice on Instagram, Allie's been incredible about sending these weekly writing prompts. And it's just been an amazing way to get started. It's challenged me. I mean, I love seeing the prompts. And then, you know, that is a great just starting point to just start writing. But okay, here's the deal. You're going to start writing and you're going to feel, you know, discouraged after one day, after a week or a month. But I just want to encourage you, start writing and then just keep showing up at your computer. And you may just, you know, totally have writer's block and just stare at it. But man, I mean, just put your hands to the keys and write. And I mean, it takes courage to keep showing up and keep being vulnerable But Ali, I mean, I will tell you, it is so worth it. And again, I know I've said this several times, but if you were brave enough to just walk through a hard season of your life, and even if it wasn't a hard season, I mean, you're living today, but you are definitely brave enough to write about your story. So that's what I would say to someone who just feels really discouraged about where they're at, whether they're too old, too young, you know, not experienced enough. I mean, just start. Today matters. So good. That's so Beautifully said, Lauren. I don't even have anything at all to add to that other than a small side note to say for anybody who's listening who doesn't know about the Enneagram, don't worry. It's a personality typing system, I guess is the best way to say it, that I am obsessed with and so many people I know are obsessed with. And you may have heard the word said or people talk about it, but I will definitely do an episode at some point where we do a deep dive on the Enneagram and what on earth it has to do with writing because I do think it has a lot to do with writing. So, but thank you so much for that, Lauren, just for your kind words about what we're doing here at Find Your Voice. I think you're really capturing the essence of what we're trying to help people do, writers and then people who wouldn't call themselves writers. We're, We're hoping to invite everybody into this process that's incredibly transformative and not only for our personal lives, but also for the wider world. So thank you so much for all that you said about that and just encouraging people to launch in and get started. Yeah, absolutely. In a few sentences, what do you hope your legacy will be? And part of why I asked this question is we at Find Your Voice believe in the power of words. So I'm wondering if you had to boil down into a few words, what you hope people would remember about you when you're gone what they would say about you when you're gone. You can interpret the question however you want, but what do you hope your legacy will be? 
Sure. I love this question. So I, I'm a Christian. I love the Lord. And so really, you know, my faith for me is what my life revolves around. And so I think really for me, that's where I truly answer the question, you know, what do you hope your legacy to be? So I love this. Um, I have a sticky note that's placed right above any document when I write, and it has one sentence. It says, was Lauren Kinney always going places or was Lauren Kinney always running towards Jesus? And so honestly, I mean, that one sentence covers everything for me. As much as I love what I do and, you know, I get to write, it's not who I am. And I think a lot of times we get just tied up in where we're going and what we're doing, but it's who we are that matters. Um, I want to share this too. So for my 19th birthday, my dad gave me a set of children's novels entitled Choose Your Own Adventure. I don't know if you've ever seen these before, but each book is written in second person and the reader is the main character, which is so fun. So every couple of pages, the reader gets to pick from a few options how he wishes to continue the story. And these were my dad's favorite books when he was a kid. And he was obsessed with the idea that he had the power to choose his own story. And I really think the books, in a lot of ways, are like our lives. And ultimately, we get to choose the direction we drive our cars and which way we walk to class and what food we eat, the clothes we wear. We get to pick who we marry and who we spend our time with and how we want to spend it. And we ultimately get to pick our own adventure. And um, really, at the end of the day, I mean, everyone listening is writing a story. You know, the words we speak, the miles we drive, the steps we take, letters we type, pictures we post, and minutes we waste. I mean, really everything. But for me, you know, everyone's story could be a million pages long, but I think it's the one paragraph at the end that truly matters. Who you are, where you're going, and how you're leading people along the way. And so, you know, that's really why I'm always asking myself this question. You know, I don't, you know, at my funeral one day, I, I don't want this question to be the first time people hear it. I just, I just want to keep reminding myself, I mean, daily, Lauren, were you always going places or were you always running towards Jesus? And, you know, for me, Ali, I hope I'm always running towards Jesus and running towards just a bigger purpose instead of just being content, you know, with doing well and what I'm doing. Thank you so much for sharing that, Lauren, and and for sharing, you know, from your faith perspective. I think if there are people listening who maybe don't are coming from a different background or don't have that same language, I would say you could reframe the question that you're asking yourself as was I always running was I always going places or was I always running toward love? So I think that's a really powerful message. And the three questions that you ask yourself are so powerful too. I'm really, really grateful that you shared your story with us. And I'm grateful that you're here and in the world and doing incredible things. And you're you're literally just getting started. You're like on the runway of your life. And I feel like you're about to take off. So um, thank you for trusting us with your book idea. Thanks for your commitment to the process. Thanks for all of your wonderful words to us and to our listeners. And um, we're just really grateful. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Jalian. I want to say this too before we end. You are part of just a small group of people in my life who saw me and knew me before I had anything to offer. And so you've just been such an encouragement and I've celebrated me really well in this process. Mm. So I'm just really thankful. Well, you're a gift. We're, we, we love you, Lauren. So thanks so much for doing this and um, we'll chat soon. Thanks, Ali. I'm so honored. Thanks for listening to the Find Your Voice podcast. We hope this inspires you to pick up a pen and start finding the words that will change your life, your community, and your world. If you liked what you heard today, share with a friend, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, 
And if you haven't already, check out our website, findyourvoice.com. Subscribe to our Monday Motivation for free and get inspiring writing prompts in your inbox each week. Until next time, happy writing.